Hello and welcome to episode two of the Questionable Album Club. Uh, on this week's show, we are discussing Burning the Witches, which is the 1984 debut from a German uh, Düsseldorf, in fact, a German heavy metal band, Warlock. And uh, on the panel today, we have uh, Marcus Kingwell. Please, uh, hello, Marcus. Good evening, Seb. Good evening, listeners. Uh, we've got uh, Steve Gibson. Eden and we've got uh, his first appearance officially, um, Mr. Owen Oakshot. Hello, Owen. Hello. Hello, and uh, my name is Seb Hunter, and I'm going to be guiding us through this uh, epic musical voyage. So, uh, Burning the Witches' first album, 1984. Who wants, who wants to start? Uh, Marcus. Well, I think I'd better start, because I, I was the uh, chooser of the album. I was the selector last week. Um, I, I picked this one... Really a bit of nostalgia. 1986, I went to Castle Donington, Monsters of Rock, and Warlock were the opening act. It was one of those situations where, you know, you're really revved up for the day out, uh, had a few ciders on the on the coach going up, you know, in a great mood. I was probably, how old was I then? I think I was sev- probably 17 or 18 years old, so really excited about the whole thing. Um they come on and we were all quite excited because back in those days, 1986, there were very few women in, in heavy metal and, and Doro Pesh was something of a trailblazer. So we were pretty excited about her standing up for uh, blazing a trail for women in rock and roll. So that was all pretty good. Um, they did their set, which we thought was was fun. I had it on the Friday Rock Show, taped it off the radio later, played it a few times, then it was consigned to history. and really forgot all about it until lately this this very group on our alternate um, comms, our WhatsApp group, various comments came up about Doro. So it just kind of piqued my memory. I thought I should actually listen to what their proper recordings are like. So that did was you, my you, reason. Had you never heard, even after your Donington experience, you didn't go back, that didn't tempt you into going back and buying any of their albums? I never bought any of their albums. I probably heard a few tracks, um, you know, on the radio and stuff like that. But it was never, to be honest, when I had the the Friday Rock Show tape off the radio, it was one of those ones where it was like, it was great because I was there, but actually it didn't really, didn't quite do it for me at the time. So um, I thought maybe, you know, 20, 38 years later, maybe it would, it, I would really find the magic. And that's why I listened to it again. Well, that's a that's a that's a good lead up to what you're about to say, Marcus. So that's a nice bit of context. So, what was your so what was your what were your what were your impressions upon listening to their first record for the first time? The first one, well, I I think with this sort of thing, it's it's like watching, like watching a just... a black and white movie from the 1920s. You've got to put yourself back in the era and not judge it against modern standards. So, I thought um, this is where metal was in those days it was the the german sounds it was well, last week you called the record meat and potatoes british rock this is more like sausage sausage and sauerkraut german rock like exactly what you expect very much you wrote the, that down i did not i made that up literally on the spot i'm blindfolded sausage and sauerkraut and you xenophobe. immediately into the xenophobia we've had sexism it sounds a bit gammonish now said out loud doesn't it but Honestly, some of my best friends are German. <laughs> it's not quite so, true either. Prove it. So where was I? Married a German. No, none of that. I, I'm, I'm just digging a bigger and bigger hole now, but we can't, we're not going to edit this out. This is all going to stay in. 
uh, what did I think? Well, I thought it was it was kind of regular metal of the day. There's a couple of good tracks on it. That would be 36 minutes invested. That's fine. I'll just leave it <laughs> too okay. deep at this point. And I don't want to go for the obvious, like, oh, it's all shit by modern standards, which I think someone's probably going to come up with. Okay, so I'm just going to leave that, it at that. Marcus, thank you very much. That'll do, that'll do for now. Steve, what are your, what are your thoughts? Last week you said you'd never heard a full Warlock or Doro song, but now having heard 10 or 11 songs, what are your, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I, a bit like Marcus, I thought you have to Ooh. listen to it in context, really. So I, 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 I took myself back to 1984 and, um, it was a, it was a big year, big year for me, big year for metal. Ooh. There was a very famous Monsters of Rock that year, so um, uh, which myself and Marcus were at. In fact, that could be a bonus episode, our reminiscences of the day. And uh, I think if you, if you sign up to Patreon, <laughs> then you won't get that on the <laughs> your feeds. Um, but I when thought, you so I looked up other albums. Which one about Donington? Huh? I'm trying. I'm, 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 I'm going on about Donington. No, well, let me finish. Let me finish. It's already kicking off. We were 20 minutes short last week on the bloody whatever it was. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I looked up at the other albums that are around that year that I was was listening to. So you had um, Nuclear Assault, Anthrax are coming through, Fistful of Metal, which I love, got it on import. Um, Wine Black Tiger was already a year old by Wine T. Uh, so that, that sonically that was all there um I, I really and obviously the big guns you had van halen with 84 you had you know power slaves maiden um, stack attack obviously and then we um we move on <laughs> we move on to uh to warlock and um i, I it's, it baffles me why i've never really heard any warlock before i've never even had so many of my old friends are old heavy metalists back in the day. No one even mentioned them, um, <laughs> apart from the obvious. You know, she's a pretty, she's a pretty lady. Um, that's baffling. And so I've listened to this with an open mind, and it is to me, even by the standards of the day, just you know, just so substandard. It's it's so um, by the book. The, the the first track was you know the thought the riff was quite lively. A uh, bit of a stand-up, poor man stand up and shout, really. And uh, but it just goes. I mean, this, and what it boils down to is there are just no songs. The songwriting is dreadful. I mean, the ballad, Jesus Christ, you know, if that was, if if a love if a love wrote that for me as a plea to get me back, I'd, you know, I'd be inside for murder probably. It's it's dreadful. Can I just say though, they, they, Doro wrote Doro. She was seventeen when this album was recorded, and she and she's writing lyrics in in a, in 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 a foreign language about her horse. I'm not talking about no, the lyrics. I'll, I'll get onto the singing oh, right. in a minute. I'm not, <laughs> I'll get onto the singing in a minute. I'm not talking about the lyrics. I'm talking about no, the actual about the lyrics. You, you... If you look after the bomb. No, I, I just uh, what the ballad and the, the ballad as a whole is so off the peg it's miserable um he took it like after the bomb the second track it's just so ploddy it, and then it and that just sets the tone for the rest of the album it's, just, it's a bit by numbers they, they seem to be behind the pace of everything else that was going on there as i would say at the time and if, and if you and um interestingly back on because for, for those who are listening who don't know we just started as a what's on a whatsapp group and we were listening to a few albums and then you know review them together 
for a laugh. I did a lockdown thing. And I and I did uh, Dockins Tooth and Nail, which is 1984. And I listened to it one Christmas day walking over the Purbex and received a lot of abuse for that for, for, for that at the time. And uh, the album received a lot of abuse, probably, you know, rightly so. But there, there are songs on <laughs> there that you remember. By, you this think on this the Warlock thing, I'm afraid. I don't really understand how, yeah, I don't, I, how she's made a career going forward is, is interesting, I think. Because it's just meat and potatoes. It's, it's sub box standard, you know. But um, even by 1984 standards, that's all I've got to say at the minute. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's quite clear. Your thoughts, Steve. Owen, what are your uh, what are your thoughts, Owen? I think it's one of the most innovative and radical albums ever to come out of Germany in the early 1980s. <laughs> okay. It's um, unparalleled. Thank you. Uh, no, I mean, it, but basically, by by, by the, halfway through the second or third song, I was kind of looking out the window, yearning for mother, and thinking, "Oh, I can't be doing this," but I did it, and I got through it. And yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a bit like um, Steve's absolutely right. It's sort of a um, behind the behind sort of the times, even for what it was. I mean, it's interesting because this whole thing is predicated on the fact that it's a kind of a that this this podcast is about you know um dips in quality albums that are uh, a dip in quality and therefore should be maybe reappraised or not and it starts with a dip because this is their debut album and I, I sort of it's a bit like a dip that never actually comes out the trench from what i understand the rest i mean i mean i listened to a, a bit of the later albums and they're all pretty bad Owen, Owen, how, how many times did you listen to it i listened to it once which is okay. unusual because i normally try and listen to something twice because as you know, I kind of listen to something yeah. twice to allow the hook to gather. Yeah. And just couldn't do that to myself. Couldn't, um, couldn't face because, it. Couldn't face more songs in the key of A. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's um, but yeah, it's just, it's so hard because it's, there, there's, I mean, the, the riffs are really um, unimaginative. They kind of, they don't even do anything interesting. And the, the bass will just basically plod out a, um, so say three or four A's where you've got something happening with the guitar over the top and that, that's it. And and the, the drumming is really bad because a lot of the time the, the songs slow down. I think, it, I can't remember which song I was listening to, about fifth or sixth song in, and I was thinking, hang on a minute, this this is definitely slowing down and then it's speeding up. And granted, to be fair, it's a debut. Kind of, They've obviously done it in a studio um, toilet somewhere in Frankfurt at four o'clock in the morning, and that's understandable. But it's sort of... Um, even for those, even as you say, even within that context, it's just really, really bad. I mean, she she can't sing actually very well. Which I'm quite surprised by. She's out of tune. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, she had um, apparently she had singing lessons after this because um, after this right. they they signed to Phonogram. They signed to a major label after this. Yes, well, yeah. And yeah, I, I think I, I I agree with I sort of agree with what you're saying. I agree with I think that by 1984 you'd expect something slightly more. Mm. harmonically advanced in this because because metal was sort of it had it was a kind of like a mature democracy by then it had kind of expanded as, you, as steve said you got power slave you had a lot of definitive statements by that time it wasn't just like you know hit and hope but i think you can also hear the youthful enthusiasm I mean, you know it was recorded in six days they were like so young you know it was, and it was it recorded on a you know it was a, in in I think it, I thought it was all right. I thought the first time I heard it, I thought, "Oh, it's 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 just so one pace. It's just so one dimensional." Didn't listen to it again for a week, and listened to it again today, and it, and it did more second time. And the production's all right. I mean, it, the production's fine. 
I mean, the, the ballad is sort yeah. of sub since I've been living here. Sorry. I, I think I think it was all right. Go on, Steve. Go on. Here, here, Seb. Um, oh, go on, Steve. You were going to say something. I did put on Tooth and Nail. Yeah, so I did, I did put on Tooth and Nail directly after it. I listened to it three times. And the second time I put Tooth and Nail on directly after it. And it is better produced than Tooth and Nail. Yeah, in the in the defense of this, this is this doesn't have a production. You know, after kind of eighty four, albums had that kind of big splashy, splashy yeah. production, gated drums, ridiculous reverb everywhere. At least this sounds it sounds like a kind of they sound like a band in a room. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. which is which is to its credit, even though they don't do all that much with the dynamics they've got. But that's but, the problem with the, with the genre that you can't. Yeah, you can't you can't do that without a production. And Cause weirdly, because I listened to, I always sort of make a point in my tragic research was I listened to to the album they did after it's their major label debut, which was Hellbound, and it's got synths and everything. It's got proper synth stabs, and it's kind of it's still ploddy speed sub, you know, speed metal German da da da. But it but it's but it's just immediately more ambitious keyboards. You know what I mean? From Warlock. Mm. Also, another thing to say is that 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 um, as a result of this album, they won they won on the Kerrang Readers poll nineteen eighty five. They won best new band. They were they did. The very yeah. year after this, so so, so no, something I, must I have. I, I wonder what that was that. about. I can test that. There's, I can test. There's, a, there's one what? reason only they won if they won that award. Oh, I don't say the obvious because I don't want to. Go oh down. no, because I mean, I, I, yes. obviously, Doro by that point was her and Lee Aaron and da 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 were winning best female singer, all the kind of Korean cliche stuff. But you, best new band is usually won by, well, Mama's Boys, wasn't it? That around that time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was it was it was it was, it was a it was a it wasn't something where where kind of sex symbol thing would creep in generally to best new band as far as I remember. I mean, Marcus, you are you are you, are you going to defend this a little bit like I am? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I I thought there were some. Um, I like Sign of Satan. I like, I like the title. I thought that was a good one. That got my attention, even if the music didn't do it. I thought a bit a bit of black uh, metal imagery is pretty pretty good. Yeah, the the, the opening track. Um, I thought after the bomb, where they're recognising the nuclear threat that we're all living under at that point in time. I thought that was brave of her. I had the same thought as you. She's writing in a foreign language. I mean, it didn't realise she was so young, but that's that's quite a stretch, isn't it? To to put lyrics together for uh, not your mother tongue. Um, what did what did I like? Well, Burning the Witches was the standout track for me. I agree, was, but um, I think Burning the Witches it totally kicks ass, man. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think it's the best song by Miles. Unfortunately, I don't know why it's buried halfway halfway through side two. It's totally bizarre. Apparently, when they played live, pointless. often they'd have to play that song twice, even quite late in their career. Everyone loved Burning the Witches so much they were like, "Again, we want it again." So well, and it's the best With title on cover, the right title. I think I think that's something to do with the album cover. Why people why people think it's so popular? I mean, which is, which in itself is an extraordinary cover because it's this, this little old man who's basically lighting a candle um, with presumably Doro half naked strapped to the candle, which is its own kind of universe of of kind of strange metaphor. But it's and then and then the actual I think one of the one of as you know it's in, it's on hateful guy. One of the lyrics is when you take it in your hand, it means it is. It's the end, which I don't know whether is that some kind of is that to do with premature ejaculation? I don't know, but certainly taken together with the album cover, it sort of made me. I don't know. Consider. 
Uh, Marcus, I'm, I'm Marcus, quite shocked. Owen needs to get that literally. To say. I did actually. Yeah, mu- musically, rather than some sort of that. crude sexual metaphor. Well, I thought "Holding <laughs> Me" was was my next best song on here. I I put a few notes on here. I like the galloping rhythm. I'm a bit of a sucker for that, as you guys know. Um, also, uh, I thought the guitars were interesting. The harmony guitars. And I put it's, it's cliched now, but back in '84, uh, not so. That was kind of where it was at. So yeah, I do I do subscribe to the other commentary where most of the other tracks are. Yeah, I can pretty much take them or leave them. But I think there's two good two good tracks on here. Burn the witches has got something to it. So there is something to be taken away, definitely. But what, what what is interesting, I think, it's is just as a wider point, is that you kind of realise that. Um, because uh, a lot of it is, if you just turn the dial just a fraction and imagine Rob Halford singing it, it, it's almost a sort of, it's got a real sort of Defenders of the Faith, Judas Priest vibe. And that I think that came out in the same year. But what's interesting about a lot of uh, the way it's constructed, you realise it, it serves as a kind of compliment, actually, uh, to a lot of the Nwobam bands that were basically doing the same thing with the same orchestration yeah, same sort of set up guitars yeah. and, and the same chords yeah. etc but actually with the right sort of uh, production and the right sort of you know missing element um can turn it into something that is immediate and quite quite fun and sometimes catchy but often you know just you really get into it like a number of the beast or whatever it might be but when you don't have that you have this which is just a kind of a bland nothing yeah gu- but, but wasn't there that that was the thing about german metal german metal never really it didn't really. It stayed like this, didn't it? It never. Yeah. It never. Uh, uh, how expansive did German metal get? I mean, I suppose Halloween. I've never knownly heard a Halloween song, to be fair. Yeah, but that was to perceived to be somewhat. Bigger. They they spread out in a sort of slightly. Uh, who? Gravedigger. Who a gravedigger? <laughs> right. <laughs> massive metal German German metal band, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Seb very nearly saw actually. But do you oh, know what I mean? There, there, there's a kind of there's there's a linearity to to, to German metal. To, to me, German metal's always kind of it stayed in that kind of mid speed metal, you know, destruction, all that kind of slightly fast, kind of keep it basic, studs and leather, whacking. Do you know what I mean? It's ne- it's never really yeah, wanted to I'm, expand. I'm with you there, Seb. And maybe this is something to um, the. The kind of the national culture, the the consistency, the precision, the reliability—that's what you get year after year. A bit like it's like an Audi. It's like it's like the Audi. It's Vorsprung durch Metal. Yes. Oh God. But maybe not as expensive as an Audi. But <laughs> The other thing was uh, reading up about Warlock. You know, they only released um, four albums, and uh, by the time of Triumph and Agony, the, the entire original band had left, and it was just Doro and a bunch of Americans. But they just couldn't hack, hack the whole kind of um, American thing and you know, relentless touring. And well, stuff. this is so, just quite... it's a recurring theme, isn't it, for on this pod? Sorry, just saying. Last week we were listening to a band who, by the end of their career, there was only one surviving member. And that was, and, and here we go again. This is maybe this is going to come around every week. Steve, what were you going to say? Um, well, just a small point. There was a really, really good interview with the current drummer from Fodoro on the Drum for the Song podcast. Uh, must be like four or five months ago. 
and it's just a small point of order which probably gives you an idea of how well things are going realistically under the surface he doesn't chuck his drumsticks in the crowd anymore because of they're just too expensive and you know cost of living and all that so um <laughs> yeah no, i think you know food banks yeah. are one thing but if you go to a metal gig and there's no chance of getting a stick then it's, it must be hitting hard you know especially at doro gig yeah <laughs> i can't well, remember it's um, marcus so, be that's what i was going to say go on t- tell the story well, I was going to just open it up to, to talk about Doro, but you tell them, tell the guys about when we saw, and the listeners, when we saw Doro. Do I have to? <laughs> I don't think you can do well, this. Well, I'll thing. do it then if you won't. One thing, well, one thing I wanted to one thing I always thought, one thing I always thought about, about Warlock mutating into Doro, I always thought it was Doro deciding to kind of, right, screw these guys. I don't need these, these, you know, these faceless musicians. I'm just going to front it out myself and it's going to be me. It's going to be Doro. I didn't realise that she actually lost the rights to the name, that, that she was being sued by management and labour and all this sort of stuff, so she had no choice but to go out under her own name. I didn't realise that. Look, I didn't either until I did the same I research thought it was a conscious decision to go solo as opposed to she actually lost the yeah. rights to the name. Yeah. But but would she be bigger now if she still had Warlock as the brand name for the band? I think, think? The, I think the kind of music she plays, which is, which is, which is uh, as you say, uh, Marcus, sauerkraut and, and versed, straight down the line metal i think it's more credible as a band and i think a band i think the way she is the way she you know i think a band would be more credible in the in the genre as opposed to because doro there's not enough you know what other than being a kind of like she's been in the game for a long long time and she's a kind of blonde female female you know singer what else has she got going for her horses horses <laughs> um class the classical album I mean, yeah, the classical yeah. period. Yeah. And you're I friends mean, she, with she, her on Facebook. She, she, she stays in the biz. I mean, she, she's gone. She's gone through the '90s and the 2000s. Like you know, to to, to carry on making music through the '80s, '90s, noughties, blah blah blah, it is an achievement for any artist. And she's gone through the classic, you yeah. know, acoustic albums in industrial phase, all, all the cliches, and come out the other end. You know, and she's playing you know, big big festivals in Germany. So you've got to respect it, think, but think, you can't help I think, think that, that perhaps you might have been happier under the relative anonymity of a band. I don't know. I think I think she does quite, they do quite a good yeah. job of coming over bigger than they are, like Manowar, though, really. Well, hold on a minute. It's You're drawing cool. a connection with Manowar here. <laughs> what do you mean no, coming just over bigger than they Manowar come over. When you look at, when Can you, you get... see Manowar... They're bumped, or when, well, they're, they're spiel. There's always massive crowds, but there's only like a few countries that they can do that in at festivals. When they play in America, it's like the brook, apparently. And I think Doro's the same. When you see Doro, I mean, the videos look quite good, and when they had, had, had the foot, you know, had concert footage, was it, but you know, the actual reality of it is, where, where did you see it? Was it, was it um, the O2 or was it um, <laughs> Hybrid Garage? It was the Shepherd's Bush Empire supporting Michael Schenker. It's the Potemkin yeah, Village. He, ha- he was on Halloween, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. What Halloween your, Marcus, 2021. Putting the question back to you, what were your thoughts when you saw Doro for the first time and there she was? What, what did you think? For the What, for the first time at, at Donington in 86? Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. I forget, this is silly me, I forgot about <laughs> I mean, that. When you, you saw her yeah. at Shepherd's Bush recently, yeah. last year, whenever it was. What well, I think think? it was. Well, I think it was the usual sort of like um, initial... Uh, 
flash of nostalgia back to 86, which was quite exciting. But then um, I don't remember her playing Burning the Witches. So that was a disappointment. And she had one of those annoying bands where they all they all stand on the tip of the stage leaning forward like they're all the star and it's clearly they're not. So their kind of stage presence immediately annoyed me. You just rolled your eyes and said, let's go and get a pint. So it was very dismissive. That's what I always say. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's called a gig, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was my my impression. It was just like um, they were they were great to get me back into get me in the spirit of the evening and a good warm up for Michael Schenker. But I was under no kind of desire to rush out and listen to anything immediately after. And I was, I was probably slightly put off again by the the, the rest of the musicians who are just sort of really annoying. How did it compare to accept, Marcus? Well, it's chalk and cheese, really. Yeah. I mean, the, the only connections there is the nationality, but except put on a proper show, and they got some absolute bangers in there. Yes, indeed. So you, as you know, Owen, we've we've well, been indeed. to them, seen three times, didn't we? Yes, yes, yes. Well, it is. It is just a question. It's just a straightforward question of of musical impact. That's the bottom line. And I think if you, no matter what what you are and what your stage presence is, if you've got like a bunch of songs and you've got a sort of a fundamental musical drive that actually works and just kicks people in the gut, then even if you're just something as a bit naff and ridiculous as accept, it still really works. Whereas I don't think anything, I mean, I've listened to some of the later Warlock or Doro stuff, and but this album, it's just, there's nothing there. It's just, it's just complete sort of tissue thin, nothingness really, no, fundamentally. Sure. Well, it's it's very it's new wave of British heavy metal, isn't it? It's it's that's what it is. It's it's Norban, but done by Germans. Yes, yeah. And that's it's not like the thing. It's pocket. it's 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 you know it's it's decent. It's it's perfectly okay metal, but highly forgettable. It's but what so's except. Yeah, what's I the difference? No, yeah, so, I suppose. Except anyway, better. Got some big tunes. They do. They have big horses, and they have, they, have, they have something to cling on to. There's something kind of yeah. But the, I, I just want to come in here. It's, it's, it's an unfair comparison because they're not quite. We're listening to a debut album from a yeah. very young band, right in '84. When yeah. we've been to see Accepto and we've heard their greatest hits, basically the same songs every time. Their pick of like 35, 40 years of music. Yeah. So we've heard their bangers. We cool. all we haven't done is compared. Accepts uh, debut oh. album with this. What one. was that? It'll probably be the, better. What but, was the? Uh, you know. What was the first accept album? When? When was it? Uh, it's Restless and Wild. I think it was about eighty two. Okay. I'll probably get yeah. you know flamed on the uh, by our listeners on this one, but that's my. You don't have any estimate. listeners, Marcus. You're fine. Uh, okay. Oh, just Polly then. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you must know when Accept debut came out. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I think there was one before Restless and Wild, and I think it might have been even a little bit earlier. Um, well, it would have been if it was their debut. Of course, it would have been earlier. <laughs> no, I meant that's what a debut means. Year, year earlier, you know, the year earlier. Oh, okay. I think I know what debut means, Marcus. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think the year you quoted, it might, they might have come up. I was actually about to engage with a nice conversation with you there, but I'm not now. You're fucking wrong. No, um, good. It's a lot good. Excellent. That. Uh, yeah. Guys, I'm just looking. I'm just I think looking Guys, can I just say, Restless and Wild was their fourth album. They had a, their their first album was yeah, 1979, exactly. Then they had an album called I'm a Rebel, 1980, yeah. Breaker, 1981, Restless I, and Wild, 1982. I did think it was. Oh, I got the I got the title and well, I got the year right. 
Because I think no, fundamentally, the of whatever. why you can't compare them is because actually it's two different eras of, of music. I mean, again, like that, except they're not really a northern band at all. They're kind of uh, there's more of a direct line from the Scorpions to um, to accept. <laughs> there is from them to say to to Doro, who is more of a kind of I don't know. There's a mid eighties northern slash thrashy kind of nonsense. I would actually be genuinely interested to hear the first Accept album, only because my, my perception of them is so rooted in early 80s sort of sub is that, is that I'm a Rebel? Is that I'm a Rebel on this I'm a Rebel. Hang on. What's, what's the tag uh, Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. I had that second ago. Uh, I'm a Rebel was the second album. So. Oh, right, okay. So Accept, Accept 1979, I'm a Rebel 1980, Break in 1981. So, Steve, what are you actually asking right. me? I just wonder what the, what the tracks on the first album were, whether I knew any of this one. Are the tracks on the first album? I'll right. look it up. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lady Lou, Tired of Me, Sea Winds, Take Him in My Heart, Sounds of War, Free Me Now, Glad to Be Alone, That's Rock and Roll, Hell Driver, and Street Fighter. Yeah. No. Definitely not. It has, it, has a, it has a score of, all music score of 1.5 out of 5. Gosh, mm. yeah, even, but it proves yeah. my point that, that you can't necessarily expect debuts to be uh, earth-shattering. And Accepts wasn't. We don't know any. <laughs> none of us know any of those songs. And three out of the four of us have seen Accept live, so yeah. that's saying something. But we're all going to go out and listen to that now, aren't we? Yeah, I feel. I feel. I do feel that there, there's there's something slightly unfair about choosing somebody's debut uh, when. But then often a debut can be the one where they've got the most to say. Often, you know, the debut is that, like, Guns N' Roses, for example, you know, they, they, they had this one Absolutely. spectacular debut and didn't have anything to say after that at all. Yeah. You know, Zeppelin, it was all there on the first album, you know. But I guess they, they these guys were very young and, you know, Kingdom it, Come, it took six days to record and blah, 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 blah. Kingdom Come. <laughs> they were German, weren't they, Kingdom Come? They were. Yeah. Okay. So, um, unless anybody else has, oh, musicianship. We don't talk about musicianship, do we? It's uh, just not not particularly exciting. I mean, uh, not very good. Her voice. Her voice. I find her voice. It's got potential because she's got like she's it's quite gutsy. It's just she just she's not very insert on this album. She's just not very well well um, versed in it. She can't really do it properly yet. But I'm sure she gets there. But I quite like pre- the I quite like the wildness in her voice in this record. I think in subsequent things that I've heard of her, it, she's always in the same kind of range, but it's quite controlled. What I like about this is it's kind of almost yelpy. It's kind of completely chaotic. Like she's young and just going, just completely going mental. And I quite yeah. like that. There's something sort of slightly disconnect, you know, so sort it's of like out of control in this. I don't particularly like what she does with it, but at least it sounds, you know, I think it's a winning enthusiasm. God, that sounds patronising. <laughs> I don't know. I think quite charming. I think a lot of this record is quite charming. You know what I mean? You can just see him just loving it, and <laughs> smiling when they do it, and sitting back in the studio going, "Yeah, this is great, man." Do you know what I mean? Anyway, and what's going else to say about the musicianship before we go on to scores? Well, um, how old? Sorry, how old was she? She was. You said she was seventeen. That's not bad, actually. I mean, she's got. She hasn't got a seventeen-year-old's voice. Put it that way. So, you know, it's yeah, kind of, I agree. I agree. It's got a real punch to it. It's just, yeah, as I say, she can't sing in tune, but you know. You know she's got she's got potential. Yeah, and she wrote most of the words and stuff. So I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's start, Marcus. Let's start with you. Uh, marks out of a hundred. 
burning the witches. What are you going to go for? Now? Let me get my pencil. Well, I've, so, uh, Marcus, I think I'm going to do I'll a give, kind of. Yeah. You're going to do a tally, are you? A special bar chart. I will give this 20 marks out of 100. Okay, Marcus, 20. Steve. Um, I, 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 all the baby stuff aside, I still, I think, I still think it's a very sub, subpar album for the times, and lots of other more interesting and exciting stuff going on. They missed, they missed the boat, in my opinion. Um, I don't particularly like her voice on it. I don't think it's got any better. I don't think the playing's any good. The drumming's terrible. Um, but I'll give it a nine out of uh, nine out of a hundred for for effort because she was young. Uh, Nine out of hundred. Owen. Yeah, I'll give her a seven. Out of a uh, hundred, so not not point seven out of ten. What? Not seven, 7. out of a hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just oh, it's awful. I just didn't like it at all. And I know, yeah, and I get I get that it's kind of full of full of, vim, full of promise, but um, actually, it's not really full of promise at all. I mean, her voice was the only thing that well, and even that was. You know, difficult to listen to a lot of the time. No, I can't, can't be doing with it. Seven out of ten. Seven out of hundred, right. even. Seven out of hundred. Well, I'm going to give it. To, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it the highest mark. You thought I'm giving it twenty-six. Good grief. Twenty-six. Ooh, that's quite precise. Yeah. Well, I thought that was terrible. I, 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 I didn't think I'd be one with the highest mark. So, so we've got twenty-six, twenty-nine, and seven. Well, that's certainly our lowest. That's certainly a bit of a come down after last week. Uh, can someone add those up and then divide it by four? Well, that's what we need to do. We need to come up with a mean score. Yeah. Marcus, you got can you add up twenty six, twenty, nine and seven? Street. Oh, I can do it in my head. I can't actually. What was it? Twenty six. <laughs> twenty six, twenty nine and seven. Uh, so it's basically so thirty six plus twenty six. So it's sixty It's fifteen point five. What fifteen point five is 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 the is the mean out of that lot? The mean, the mean, the mean streak. It is. That's very generous. Fifteen point five out of hundred. Okay, we need yeah. to do this. We need to do this, everyone. I'll have a calculator the next time. We need to add them all up and divide by four, and then we've got a mean score. So fifteen point five out of hundred. I mean, if crazy. we, if if um, I don't know, does Steve Webster have a have a vote on this, even though he's not part of the thing? Because doesn't doesn't like I don't, a, think, you a, can, I don't think you can you can, no. you can no. vote if you're not in the pod because yeah. we've had to spend an hour fucking doing this. <laughs> there's no, no there's no there's no proxy vote on this one. <laughs> what? No proxy <laughs> votes allowed. No, no, you can't phone them in. You've got to be here in person. No, exactly. put in the hours. The time has now come. The time has now come because um, Owen, you are choosing the next album that we're going to listen to on our next episode, episode three okay. of the Questionable Album Club. And Owen, we don't know what it is. Obviously, at the end of each show, um, the, the person nominated is going to choose an album. Uh, well, a choice of any genre, and so Owen, are you prepared to? Uh, are you ready to tell us? Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready because okay, um, let's do it, mate. Um, because I because I love you and and you love me, and um, I'm choosing Hot Space by Queen. Do you know? I, I knew. Ooh. Which is a real dip in some circles, apparently. But you know, I'll be interested to hear your um, point of view. I had a, it's, I had a funny feeling you might choose that exact record. You know, oh. isn't that weird? 
Yeah, you're right. I've not. Has, has anybody, have, have any of you heard this record before? No. What's on it? What are the hits from it? Well, there weren't any. There was one. The one oh, with David Perry, but apart from that, it was a bit... Uh, under pressure. Oh, under pressure. Is it. it that year? Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Hot spring. Interesting. Okay. Thank I've you. Never heard it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Good call. It's their disco period. Anyway, enjoy. Well, thank you, Owen. Thank you for 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 for, for getting through this, mate. I know you've got uh, you've got plumbing issues, so we appreciate your time, mate. And I hope, oh, uh, I hope, uh... indeed, black water. It's a joy. Well, good and good luck. And I like the moustache. Well, it's actually a goatee. Oh. Uh, it, because I'm going grey, it just got it so grey at the bottom. I didn't notice. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, you look lovely, though. Nice to thank see you. you. Thank you very much. All good. Right, that's it. Uh, thanks, thanks everybody. Oh, wait, I'll just wait, say, wait, go around, go around wait, the windows and say goodbye. Uh, Marcus, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Marcus. Adios. Uh, Steve, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Ciao. Thank you very much. Enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thanks very much. Thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. And we will see you on the next one. Goodbye.